Welcome everybody to 914 Wired. I'm Peter Moses with my co-host Charlie Stern sitting next to me in our Pelham studio and Ardina Seward who is the doyen of Yonkers and is holding down the fort in our Southwest Yonkers Bureau. How are you guys doing today? Doing doing great. I tell you, you I got to I got to I got to take my hat off to uh, I should say my do rag off to Charlie for being able to get us right on track at the last minute for a lot of uh, technical glitches but we're just happy to be here we're happy to be on the air so the what? only the only little uh gap that i can't close here is our guest is on the phone we're gonna hear him we'll hear him ardina will hear him everybody can hear everybody except he won't hear ardina so if ardina asks okay. a question we'll have to relay it okay right. other than that we have with good. us we have with us today a very very special guest and it was a last minute guest but anyone who knows anything about Bronx politics and New York City politics knows the name Stanley Schlein. He is a, uh, a, a doctoral professor, if you will, of Bronx politics. Would you argue with that moniker, Stanley? I never, never uh, pat myself on the back, but I have been around a long time. So certainly by age, if not profundity, I'm a Bronx politics doctor. Well, I, I've, I've known you since 1984 when I first went to the Post and was the Bronx reporter. If you needed to know something going on in the Bronx, politically or otherwise, Stanley Schlein was the guy to go to. So what are the races going on in New York City for Democrats in 2023? Next week. Next week. Next week. Well, we're in the as you well know, we are in the throes of early voting now. Started on this past weekend. And the two races that have drawn everybody's attention is uh, at least the two predominant ones are the Marjorie Velasquez race in the Bronx, the incumbent member of the council uh, from the Throgs Neck, Pelham Bay, um, Morris Park area, mm -hmm. and probably a few other uh, uh, conjoining neighborhoods. And uh, the uh, one in Brooklyn, Justin Brannon, where he is running against a former Democrat, uh, and that one is uh, deemed by most observers to be a very close race as well. Yeah, the, the turncoat and your candidate, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got to say, it's very interesting that, like, these are not names that I recognize. This is the, the news gulch of not having a weekly anything of New York City. Like, the New York Times used to have a section where you'd get this kind of news, and now you, I don't see it. Yeah, so Stanley, how is it that you get the word out for candidates when you have the Riverdale Press, you have a couple of weekly Bronx newspapers, and you have some online Bronx newspapers? How do you, in, in the current media climate, get information out on your candidates? It is done now by social media, by texting, by uh, communication, and the old-fashioned retail uh, believe it or not, people are still going community door-to-door -door, door -door. uh, communications. But really, social media has taken over a lot of this, uh, and uh, the candidates are doing their best. The uh, independent expenditures done by labor in particular are flooding the uh, mailboxes with media, with uh, letters and, uh, and palm cards and advocacy for their candidates. And uh, that's what we're facing. That's what we're seeing going out there. It's, it's, it's very frightening. It's very frightening the way the world has changed because 
it used to be it wasn't all that difficult to get the word out there. You had so many different venues you could go to, and that has disappeared now. Well, the net result of it disappearing is reflected in the turnout. The turnout has never been as low as it currently is. Um, even uh, in the past general election, but now you're talking 15% turnout of registered voters, maybe 20% maximum. It is horrific. And, and so, and, and what do you attribute that to? Because you talk about social media taking the place of the traditional media, but maybe it's not do, working as well because there's low voter turnout. So, what you know, what do you think are the top two or three reasons people aren't paying attention to these local elections? I think they are not seeing a critical drive on key issues. I mean, what is the issue in New York City now? If you strike, uh, you take away from that all the international issues, it is the migrant problems, the sure. migrant uh, housing. Uh, and uh, the other is the economy, but that's generic. But you see very, very significant reflection, particularly as you saw recently in Staten Island when they're trying to make a homeless shelter out of a former Catholic school facility. Mm -hmm. Now, even in today's news, uh, out in Brooklyn, uh, very critical uh, use of the uh, former federal property, uh, trying to make a migrant shelter community out of that. That's what's getting and garnering people's attention. Ardina, you but, probably uh, have questions on this topic. Go ahead. Yes, endless questions about the migrant issue. Because... Is that, Stanley, going to swing moderate Democrats over to the Republican side, in your opinion? Okay, hang on. So, Stanley, you, can, you, can, Stanley, can you hear that? Yeah, Stanley, you probably no. didn't hear that. Okay, so I the, did not hear it. Ardina's question is, will the issues around migrants move moderate Democrats? I believe you're seeing moderate Democrats who are subscribing to the NIMBY theory, not my backyard. Uh, it is uh, reflective in every instance where a significant shelter is being, or a significant community of shelters is being offered. Um, and as I said, Brooklyn and Staten Island, which would have been in this particular community, I would say moderate to conservative Democrats are absolutely outraged and they are Voting, uh, we will see how they vote, but they certainly are litigating uh, against those uh, facilities. But and that... the mayor has to deal with it. It's it's unfortunate. Go ahead. The uh, budget Ardina, of the city Ardina. of New York is is reflective of the lack of uh, financial resources to deal with these issues. And uh, the, as they say, the chickens are going to come home to roost in 2024 when you see severe budget cuts around basic service issues. Time out. Well, Go ahead, we're, Arlena. We're already starting to see budget cuts now. I mean, we're starting to see budget cuts in NYPD, budget cuts in FDNY, budget cuts in, in the school system based on the, 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 the just unfathomable numbers that are now being tossed out about how much it costs to house the whole migrant, to house a migrant population. But what, what I'm confused about is to the, as far as the voting issue is concerned, does that mean that moderate Democrats are just not going to vote out of apathy, or are they going to creep over on a one-off 
to the Republican side. Okay, time out. So, Stanley, I'm going to relay the question. Ardina is asking, will those moderate Democrats um, switch? Will they vote for— or, 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 And will they, they gonna, take the time to vote? Or are they going to just not vote, or are they going to vote for Republicans? There's an expression in the Bronx, using my worst English, they'll both, B-O-F, I think they're not going to vote, and I think uh, they are troubled by— uh, the Democratic uh, model, which hasn't addressed this issue. I don't know the latter, but I certainly think there is a reflection on their lack of coming to the polling sites. So you're, you're worried. I am. I am. It's very difficult to get the votes out. And, you know, to segue into 2024, uh, you're going to have congressional elections. And uh, that's going to be reflective there as well. And that really is about the control of the houses. We all know it. Right. Well, right. well the, the Democrats certainly spit, spit, spit the bit in 2022 congressionally. We lost six seats, most of which we never should have lost. Uh, and yet and yet we did anyway. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that Santos is going to lose on Long Island. Uh, but I don't know about... Uh, Lawler in Westchester, I don't know if he's going to lose. He's he's a disaster. Um, and I don't know what you think about Jamal Bowman going forward. Well, I'm going to throw it right back to my friends in Westchester. Depends on what the particular redistricting plan looks like. And as you know, there was a court of appeals case being heard on November 15th right. as to the uh, viability of the current lines. It is likely people are predicting that the existing lines are going to be thrown out by wow. the Court of Appeals that, frankly, verified the, the master's lines not more than a few months ago. The, the uh, Independent Redistricting Commission is currently redrawing lines in anticipation of a determination by the Court of Appeals. And if that were to happen, you'll have another round of litigation. And I suspect... That may, tr that may wind up having three separate primary elections in 2024 and a right, latter one in the summer for the congressional. All right, let me, if, let the me. Lines, if the lines are changed, what happens to Bowman's lines? What happens to your county executive? Is he being encouraged vigorously to take on Bowman? He is, you know, actually. He, he is. He is. Right. Yeah. So it's a very, I think these are very serious issues. And again, it conflates into the national uh, issues as well. So well, well, can, you, can you parse out why it would take three primaries to resolve this? If the Court of Appeals throws out the current lines, wouldn't the Court of Appeals then go back to the independent uh, redistricting committee and see what they came up with and, rat and, and then say, okay, take that to your state legislature and have the state legislature approve it and then agree on one primary day? Why Why do you think it because, takes three primary Because days? right now, the existing law calls for the first day to circulate petitions in 2024 to be the last week in the month of February. If the lines are thrown out by the Court of Appeals in November, there is no way on this planet Earth that will be sufficient time to craft new lines, to have hearings on those new lines. Okay to adopt those lines, to litigate those lines, and be prepared to craft maps uh, in accordance with those new lines in order to have a February primary uh, 
uh, circulation of petitions. So time out, time out, time out. So what you're saying is the logistics of this, I'm trying to follow, would be you're saying there would be a primary at the regularly scheduled time anyway for other offices? Correct. And then another primary just for the congressional offices that were impacted by the redistricting. Very true. That's exactly right. And what's the and, and what would be the third primary you alluded to? I, I think the, the third primary is we're having uh, coming up is the presidential primary too for this calendar year in twenty twenty four. I see. In twenty twenty four. Right. And is it possible then? You know, uh, I'm not an attorney, but could the court just say, "Let's just stop this whole circus"? No, I guess they can't put the congressional primaries into into the presidential primary. No, you can't. Cannot. No. So then there could end up being three primaries next year. I don't yeah. think I've. I, have you? Re- I, I haven't read that anywhere. Stanley, have you read that anywhere? About what I just said? Yeah. It is the best unkept secret among election attorneys <laughs> that we're all predicting this. So we have a 914 wired exclusive. I'm this so happy right. we called Stanley Schlein today. It's a great afternoon. <laughs> hey, Stanley, well, I'm going to ask you a question. I know just kind of pivoting here, but since you know Bronx politics, if you don't know the answer, I'll edit it out. Oh, he knows the, the answer. No, maybe you might not. This is an obscure one. Oh, please. Are you familiar with um, e-scooters and a pilot program to run e-scooters in the Bronx? No, I really don't. Okay. To run them in the Bronx or to seize them in the Bronx? <laughs> so apparently there was an, a, a pilot program involving three different um, service providers of e-scooters and e-bikes in like the East Bronx. A company called VO is one of them. I don't know who the other two were. Um, I got on one of these bikes this weekend and I was at the border of the Bronx and Westchester. And what I discovered right. is that they, they geofence the service. So as soon as I rode the bike over the border from Bronx to Pelham Manor, the bike stopped working. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I was wondering if you knew anything about the pilot program. No, I, I'm, now I'm failing you all. I don't know that. You're, you're not failing uh, us, Stanley. It was a left field question. You helped us tremendously here today. You can't know everything. Nobody does. So thank well, you. Well, but you know, Charlie. My that, that, pleasure, that, my pleasure that, speaking to you all. The, 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 the whole, I the, remember the, the good old days of VOX. Believe me, I do. But to, to, to the I'll point give you of a little VOX history lesson here, please. Many, 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 many moons ago, when Bill Clinton was running for president, and made the statement with Hillary, and she got up there and said, "I'm not staying home," and in fact, uh, baking cookies, I think, was her statement. She came to Arthur Avenue the following day to sort of backtrack off of that, which was uh, considered to be an obdurate comment, went to Madonia's Bakery on Arthur Avenue, pulled bread out of the oven to, as a joke. I was, there. I was there. I was there. And then had lunch at a restaurant on Arthur Avenue at the end of the block, and VOX had the exclusive covering that Bill Clinton and Hillary event. Was that at uh, Patsy's Rigoletto? You got it. Spot on. <laughs> <coughs> I, I know the Bronx. Yeah, so. but, um, that's where you all were. You set it up, and it was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful event. Very well covered. Talking about exclusives. Yeah, I love that. And Peter, uh, Ardini, you had another... Another yeah, comment. I just, I, I just, uh, just want to. You're showing your age as I am, so the fact that <laughs> no. we remember that. I know how old you are, Stanley. I'm not going to say anything. No, 
No, I, I just I just just wanted to to, to reference the, uh, the 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 e bike um, e bike issue. E bikes are not getting the best PR right now because they are, uh, according to FDNY, they're responsible for causing a lot of fires. Um, they are being used by delivery men. They're taking the batteries out, lithium batteries. They're bringing them inside their apartment houses, and they're starting horrific fires. So I don't know how well any sort of e-bike program is going to be supported in New York City right now, given the bad PR. I mean, there's certainly an efficient means of getting around the city, but, you know, somebody's got to be able to deal with the danger factor. Sure. So, Stanley, I don't know how much of that you were able to catch, but Ardino is basically talking about the e-bike uh, concept and saying that it's gotten some bad publicity because of the explosion of lithium batteries and other mishaps and misfirings that have happened. Is that, uh, a, you know, is that a topic that you hear about in your practice at all? Did we lose Stanley? Do we Stan, still have him? There? We lost him. We, we may not have him anymore. He may, he may have signed off. No, but, he didn't um, sign off. He didn't sign off. Okay. See if he's on speaker. He wasn't. We lost him. Oh, okay. It's the excitement. Of, there, sir. there we go. Oh, sorry about that. So, thank you. You're back. Stanley, Ardina was talking about the e-bikes. Um, is, the, is the topic something that you hear much about in your practice, working with politicians? Transportation issues are always big, but the e-bikes have yeah. gotten some bad. There's been some bad publicity because of the uh, fires related to the lithium-ion Yeah, look, that was the cause of several fires, in particular vulnerable neighborhoods in the Bronx. Um, it has been uh, horrific here. Uh, also, you see a lot of the e-bikes being seized by the police department, given the uh, way they are being running in the streets without licenses, without, you know, uh, helmets up and down the sidewalks. And you'll see task force of New York City Police Department with vans seizing them significantly. Um, but um, it is that is an issue, again, uh, because of the public safety component, both ends of the equation. Yeah. Safety for the bikes and safety for the pedestrians. Speaking of safety for the bikes, one thing I found an article in the Bronx Times when I was looking this up, apparently they did some geofencing around the Bronx River Parkway because people were throwing scooters and bikes into mm. the river. Yeah. That, that, that's, by the way, that's a time-honored thing prior to the advent of these bikes. They used, people used to dump cars into oh, the Bronx yes. River. That used to be. I remember the, the, the cleanup program of the, of the Bronx River. You could take in a magnet and pull that after the, the trash. All yeah. cars and the other vehicles. You got that right. And the other cars that were being dumped were dumped under the Whitestone Bridge, <coughs> along with mob bodies. Yeah, now it's a beautiful Ferry Point Park. So. Have they cleaned it up, by the way? Yes, it's, it's, it's a beautiful-looking park right now. It's Again, as you know, it's adjoining the golf course there. So, well, I, uh, I have to take a little bit of responsibility for that. When, um, when Giuliani was uh, showcasing Jack Nichols, Jack, Jack, uh, Nicholas. Nicholas at City Hall... Uh, I was the only news person there who who knew the area, so I right. said I said to Jack Nicholas, I said, "So you're going to be doing this great stuff over on the 
east side of the Hutchinson River Parkway by the by the Whitestone Bridge. What are Correct. you doing on the west side? You do know there is a city park, Ferry Point Park, that police vehicles can't go around the circumference because there are potholes bigger than an NYPD vehicles. There are no That's working toilets there. Three quarters of the lights around the circumference or in the interior of the park uh, are not working. And it's a dump. And what are you going to do about that? And he said, I knew nothing about that. No one mentioned anything about Ferry Point Park. That sounds like a city issue. When the press conference was over, I went outside and Nicholas followed me outside and said, how serious an issue is this? I said, well, you know, if you're looking to, you're talking about you know, doing something in the Bronx, then do something for the Bronx, not just yeah. in the Bronx, sure. do something for the Bronx. And uh, Giuliani was furious with me when, I, when, when Nicholas huh? left. I, I went into his office. He goes, why did you snooker me like that? I didn't snooker you. I mean, no one in that room besides me knows anything about the Bronx. Uh, and, and, and I'm happy to see that uh, that it was fixed up because that was an eyesore it, it, for so it, many it, years. It is, it is so well used now, and there are more improvements coming. As you know, the Bally's has uh, taken over the golf course from the Trump Organization. They're in collaboration with the Parks Department to improve uh, the park uh, areas around there. And, um, you know, they're being one of the bidders, of course, for the uh, casino license, full disclosure, I represent them. But putting that aside, I, I knew that uh, already. By the way, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to keep that a secret from this conversation. No, but speak, I, speaking, speaking, go ahead, but speaking of of parks, how serious is is Mayor Adams? <clears throat> pardon me about about providing tents for migrants to sleep in parks in New okay. York City. You're going to have to re. re uh, Ardina was asking, uh, speaking of New York City parks, how serious is Mayor Adams about building tent cities in city parks? Well, if you recall his first proposal at the outset of the migrant transportation from Texas to uh, New York City was building up a tent city in, in uh, Orchard Beach's parking lot. That didn't go well. I had the over-under on how many days it would take till it got flooded. It was the first rainstorm. It got flooded. They tore it down, and they moved on in their uh, equation. God doesn't, God, God doesn't want people to mess with the Bronx no, anymore. But it's, it's illegal to do it, by the way. You need a state uh, a bill, a state piece of legislation, to alienate parkland. That is as strong a piece of uh, law as there is. It's in the state constitution. And consequently, you cannot do that legally. Hey, Stanley, our, our time is, is up, but I'd like to ask you a question. Can we uh, come to you in the future after this election cycle and and uh, and learn some more at, at the feet of the master? Well, your, your kindness is more than appreciated. I'd love to continue an ongoing dialogue with all of you. And Thank you. we'll have all three of us speaking at that time. Exactly. Thank, Thank, Thank you, Stanley. Thank have you, a Stanley. great day. This has been, this has been 718 Wired. Take care. 718 Wired signing Wonderful. off. Bye, Stanley.